studio with me as always week after week now for a year and a half plus is dr angel falzoni our resident expert that's what you are phd licensed mental health counselor uh, therapist in your own right Mm -hmm. and uh really knowledgeable on all of our topics dr angel and it's always great to work with you on this show week after week and we get a lot of good response and a lot of questions from our audience don't we things like that we do we have really good audience participation (laughs) yes and if you want to participate while we are live tonight in tampa bay you can do that by calling in and our engineer pete tonight will just patch you through to us the number is 727-441-3000 if you're listening to one of the three radio stations live here Uh, and would like to switch over to the computer, you can do that by going to www.tantalk1340.com, which allows the show to be all over the globe on the Internet. And that's really cool, isn't it, Doctor? The way technology has changed and made us much more um, available to a lot of different areas, states, countries, whatever. It really is. It's pretty amazing. It is. And along with that, we are syndicated every week with StarcomRadioNetwork.com. So this show comes up right at noon, 12 o'clock Eastern, on Saturday and Sunday on StarcomRadioNetwork.com. How many words? Four. (laughs) <laughs> starcomradionetwork.com man you're testing my brain tonight it is I a thursday know. evening it's, it's thursday a little slow night. yeah starcomradionetwork.com <laughs> every saturday and sunday 12 noon this show will be played again this weekend but you can get involved live if you're in the tampa bay area or listening in some part of the globe on your uh, computer or device and uh, you can also text us um at 727-888-4171. 727-888-4171. We're on Facebook, too. Do you want to talk about that? We are on Facebook at Go Yard 1340. Yes. Come like us. Yes, come like us. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also email. Some of the questions we get in are rather lengthy, aren't they, and rather detailed. They are. And actually, some of them we even edit out to make them... A little, a little shorter so right. that we can get them on the air. Right. So, But you can send your questions because we do a Q&A show once every three or four months. And we just had one a couple of weeks ago. It was really good. It was great. And I love the variety of topics oh, coming in. Oh, I do in. too. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So anyway, and we welcome you to join us tonight, you know, actively involved in this show. One more time, you can call in with your comments or questions, 727-441-3000, or you can text 727-888-4171. Last week, we started a new series, Dr. Angel, and we love these series because it gives us time to kind of develop a whole concept. Sometimes we do a a one-week 
series. <laughs> and a lot of times we'll do a two or three or four week series. And this one is on addiction and uh, all about addiction is the title of this one. It is. It is. And last week we started by defining it. And do you want to do that and tell our audience what we're talking about and why we're even doing this topic? Well, you know, we, we decided when we sat down and looked at topics, you know, addictions is something that directly or indirectly touches so many lives of people out there. And so this is something that a lot of people face and they're going through, but there can be a lot of shame and embarrassment. And it's not a topic that we talk about very much. Yes. So a lot of times people are silently experiencing the pains and the frustration and the disappointments of loving someone who has some type of addiction. And it can be frustrating and painful, can't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because there's so many facets of addiction it's not just addiction to heroin or cocaine in fact we've got so much we're going to talk about tonight that has nothing to do with those drugs right absolutely you know that when you we start talking addiction that's usually the first image that goes to someone's head when we talk about an addict they're the cocaine user the heroin shooter the meth addict but when we're talking about addiction, yes, those are there. Right. But it, that is not all addiction is. Addiction can be behavioral. Right. Addiction can be a gambling, can be sex, can be shopping. Right. Addiction can be prescription drugs. Addiction can be a lot of different things. There's AA groups, Alcoholics Anonymous, if you're not familiar with that program, that are like Gambling Anonymous, mm -hmm. Overeating Anonymous. There's Sex Addiction sex Anonymous. Addi okay. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of different varieties, like you just said, of addiction, and we should not limit it just to the hardcore addict. Not at all, because all of addiction has a lot of the same backbones and components that happen underneath. Uh, let's talk about those backbones and components, Dr. Angel. Uh, so how does addiction of any kind affect our lives? Well, it affects our lives. If we're the addict, it's affecting our life because we're putting a lot of time and energy to keep this addiction going, which is right. usually costing us things in the long run, relationships, we're making false promises to people, people are disappointed in us, we're right. sometimes losing our jobs, depending on the addiction and yes. how roped in and bound to that we are. And then if we love the addict, we're watching someone we love on this right. downward spiral and it hurts. And don't you think, doctor, that a lot of people that are addicted, let's just say to chemical substances or alcohol, let's just use that for an example, a lot of times feel like, and, and maybe it applies to all addictions, so you can tell me if it does, feel like, I'll just do this little bit, and this is all I'll do, and I, it's not going to get its grip on me, I'm stronger than this. I would say it really applies to all addictions. Does Most it? addicts okay. don't see themselves as an addict. They believe somewhere that they can stop at any time, and it's okay. Right. Yes, that they can stop. And can they? The truth is, is they cannot. <laughs> and, and it's very difficult. And when do they realize that they cannot? I mean, that's an interesting concept, and I'm sure it varies. But It does, and you know, you hear, you'll hear stories all across the spectrum. Some people will realize that when they totally hit that rock bottom and have lost everything in their lives. Right. And some people hit it at different aspects coming down on that downward spiral. And so it's... But the addict is the one who has to realize it. Um, the family oh, and friends boy. around them see it so much quicker than the right. person who's in the addiction. 
And they notice changes in behavior, don't they? Absolutely. There's a lot of changes in behaviors that happen when someone's starting on that addiction spiral. Whatever the addiction may be, right? Yes. Let's go over those a little bit. We just started into that area last week, and I want to make sure people know what to look for. Some of the warning signs, absolutely. So warning signs. Some of the warning signs is the first one is loss of control. Okay. And that is just... With the person is doing the behavior or using the substance more than they want to. Okay. So it's starting right. to get that grip. Or maybe they're doing it for longer than they intended. Aha. Uh -huh. Right. And so it's starting to get that grip. And that's one of the warning signs. Um, another one is they're neglecting other activities. Okay. So what they're doing is spending less time on things that they should be doing, like work or even maybe hanging out with family or friends, pursuing hobbies or interests, they start neglecting those parts of their lives. And why is it? Why do they do that? Well, because they're putting all their energy and focus <laughs> on maintaining they're, or getting a hold of whatever they're addicted to. They're preoccupied, right? They're very preoccupied. They're very focused on getting that need met, whatever it is. And they're obsessive thoughts, and it becomes where oh, yeah, they just ruminate yeah. on how can I get this again? How can I have right. that same feeling I have? Shopping addiction gives our brain this that feeling of high. Yeah. And so when we're not doing it and we're hitting that low, it's the same as that chemical addiction in our brain in a way. I bet that's hard for a lot of our listeners to even believe that shop and a shopping addiction can be that addictive. Absolutely can. Because what it's doing is it's giving that brain, it's hitting those pleasure centers in our brain. And right. it, that brain is still experiencing that adrenaline rush and that high feeling right. while that person's engaging in that activity. Wow. Okay. When we talk about chemical addictions, not only do you get that high, but you also will get, there's a physical addiction that happens with chemical when we take drugs or alcohol, but with behaviors, it's psychological addiction. Okay. Oh, that's a good point to make that difference. So a shopping addiction and um, whatever else, gambling addiction or behavioral, whatever it is, is not going to, to give you that physical problem necessarily. But it's going to mess with your mind, don't you think? It will. If, if you've got to be out there spending money that you don't have, for instance. Yes, it will. And a lot of people find themselves wrapped well, be, up in a lot of debt before we start really looking at this addiction and this problem. Right. And even with gambling or shopping, and because those are related to money, People sometimes will get themselves into to really into debt with people, with mm -hmm. family members, with credit cards, etc. Right? Oh yes, they can. It's yeah. very easy. So when we start seeing people neglecting activities, maybe dropping attendance in work or school or things that they need to be doing, right. those are that's a flag. Right. That is definitely a flag. Okay. Um, risk taking. That's another flag. Oh, that's interesting. So what happens when somebody is in an addiction? They're more willing to take a risk to do that activity or obtain that chemical that they need. How about shoplifting? Can Absolutely, that could talk be. Talk about that when it comes to risk-taking. Risk well, we some people will shoplift so that they can get a, get a hold of an item so that they can sell it or have whatever it is that they're doing. So risk-taking is putting themselves in positions without thinking of the risk that could right. be involved. Because getting a hold or doing this activity is more important than the risk I have. So with risk, t with shoplifting, with plain shopping addiction with gambling things like this that are not a physical problem yet there is a high isn't there so there is speak? that high mm -hmm. it, it, they just feel like they've accomplished something or what it's like beat the law get out the door and nobody caught you shoplifting all this stuff well what it's doing in their brain is it's setting that pleasure center off in their brain so okay. it's giving them that feeling of kind of euphoria in a way 
Okay. All right. So thank you for clarifying all of that. And let's go on to some new, we're talking about relationship We are going to go, but we're going to still hit go the ahead. flag. So we're go going ahead. into relationship issues. So one of the flag is relationship issues. Okay. So when someone's stuck in an addiction, um, people struggling with the addiction are known to act out against people who are closest to them. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So you might get some backlash of the anger or the, f- or just, um, maybe more verbally aggressive behavior than normal and it may be because you're just closer to them and when they're not able to get that activity or they're not able to get that substance you'll see those that that verbal aggression really coming out Uh aha okay so it starts to hurt our relationships um they'll get angry when we start to address Oh, oh, yeah, this could be a problem. They'll start gets very defensive. It can really see a backlash of anger. Defensiveness can kick in. Um, and that probably is due to the fact that they need this addiction. They need whatever it is that they, they need, whatever it is. The shopping, they need to feel the gambling. good again. Right. They need to feel good. So that anybody that comes to try to threaten that in any way is going to to get a reaction. Absolutely. You know, relationships are hurt because they don't keep their word. Yeah, they'll make promises that they don't follow through with. Right. I'm going to stop or things are okay, or I'm going to be there and they're not there. Right. So that hurts relationships. And then we get as they get into the addiction, as it grows stronger, you may see lying, stealing, manipulating, using others, all of those things to keep that addiction going. Right. And those are serious things. I mean, you know, the lying and stealing and and. All of it. Well, I mean, yes, and it hurts the trust of a relationship. It, uh, yeah, it's just so s- destructive to a relationship because then that trust and that communication is broken down. Absolutely, and trust is a foundation of a relationship. So once we start cracking that foundation, right, it starts to really hurt those relationships. And um, secrecy is another flag. Oh yeah, um, addicts like to keep things in secret. Um, so they pull back, they withdraw, they try to hide what they're doing or hide their activities. Right. Um, so things done in secrecy are usually a flag that something's going on. Right. That we should look for. Uh, changes in appearance, it's another flag. Um, serious changes or deterioration in their hygiene or their physical appearance. Right. Or just those total changes in lifestyle or clothing and appearance. You know, all of a sudden you have a teenager who, you know, wears regular colored teenage clothes going to like this all black look with black yes. eyeliner and yes. you know those are some drastic changes yeah. really quickly and you're saying those are red flags those are flags I something's think they going are too. on yes i think they are too uh, changes in friends right that's another thing to look for so a sudden change in a friend group can be a big warning sign or the fr- or sudden pull back and have no friends can be another warning sign. isolation isolating because i have to keep it a and secret. you know there's a lot of teenagers in particular that mm-hmm. get into that kind of pull back retreat to your room i don't want anything to do with mom or dad grandparents are no longer important Pe- people in their lives are not you're saying these are red flags that we our listeners should be looking for absolutely we need to look for this and you know when we have teenagers there are this natural pull back we go towards our friends we're learning to be independent we're learning to be adults but as parents we need to be still engaging with our teenagers right and so if we're not getting in their world right we're not sure what's going on and so this is that constant we need to be a part of our teenagers yes. world. so when we start seeing these flags we can get the intervention and find out what's going on a lot quicker and do it quickly don't wait for it to get worse and worse and worse and what happens in a lot of times in families they start suspecting something's happening but they don't really want to know 
Yeah. Because we don't want to make them angry or we don't want to disturb yeah, the peace of the house. That's right. We don't want to have all that kind of and You know, when I worked anger, with a family yeah. a few years ago that had a teenage son who had all the flags and they come to me and I'm like, I see a lot of flags. Something's, it looks like we have some kind of substance abuse going on. The mood changes were extremely erratic. Um, everything changed, friends, lifestyle, and they didn't want to deal with it. They had um, good jobs in the community. They were known in the community. They were um, higher class people, and they just didn't want to deal with it until he robbed them blind. Yes. He robbed them blind. They come home, and he pretty much wiped out all their electronics, went and sold it on the streets for drugs. Wow. Then they had to deal with it. Right. And see, that's the unfortunate part is that so many parents, and I know some like this right now, that they're, it's, the problem is obvious to people around them, but they don't want to deal with it because of shame or because they don't want their kid to get a bad rap at school or mm-hmm. whatever. They, they want to protect the child, you know, always And they protect. still do that. Even after this kid took all their electronics, sold it, they wouldn't even call the police on him because oh, they wow. didn't want you know, his future to have a mark against it. And so those are some things we have to, the earlier we can get interventions in, the better we can help. Well, with that very fact, <clears throat> would you speak to that issue right there? Because I know there might even be some people listening tonight that have a teenager in this situation and they don't want to confront it, don't want to call the police, don't want to deal with it. What what do you need do you need to say as a therapist to them doctor as far as why you do need to call the police why you do need to intervene and move forward with help and that actually is really tying into where we're going tonight because oh, good. <laughs> we when we save somebody from the consequences of their actions there we're hurting them yes that's and what so i want you to say <laughs> if they had robbed the neighbor that neighbor is calling the police they don't care if your kids getting right. you know a rap or if this is going to affect their future and so when we save them we're not helping them we're no. letting them think they can do this and it's okay right you're not going to be their last stop and they're no. going to do this and it's going to get it's going to grow I like that phrase. You're not going to be their last stop. Would you You're explain not. that? You, they they robbed you. That was their first. They're right. going to someone they're else going next. Somewhere. And they're going to keep going because this addiction is that strong. And really, it's been my experience through the years. The sooner you can catch this with kids and deal with it, the better. Absolutely. So here's the deal. As parents, we cannot rescue our kids. Right. Even on little things, when they're two, three, four, they need to experience the pain of their own consequences. You know, and I've been around, I've, as a mother and a grandmother, I've been around a lot of people that have kids too and whatever. And there's, it's a common thing to rescue even the little guys. Yes, it is. From their, the result of their actions. Try to cover up for them, lie for them whatever well and it's the sowing and reaping principle so if we don't let our kids learn this early on yes what you sow we reap if we save them from reaping what they're sowing it's going to become a bigger issue and it's going to grow so if we can stop it and let them learn choices and consequences very early on yes it helps it definitely helps so okay that's thank you for answering that no, no problem. And the last flag we're looking for is just family history. Okay. Um, a lot of people, if we have a family history of addiction, we're predisposed. Doesn't mean we're going to become addicts if our parents were addicts. It means that we're more vulnerable right. to um, addictions. And so looking for that predisposition in our family. I've known some people who said, hey, I, my, both of my parents were alcoholic. I've known this. And uh, because of that, I'm not even going to start down that road and drink. I mean, I've known people like Absolutely. that that are very aware of their family history and realize the, the actual danger that they're in to start even 
Right, because it does put them at a higher vulnerability. Yes, it does. And so being aware of some of that family history, it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. No, no. But it is something to be aware of. Absolutely. So okay. now we're going into the big one. All right. What's the big addiction? I thought that we cocaine, heroin's a big addiction. Those are huge addictions. They but, are. But you want to talk about something different than that tonight, don't tonight you? Tonight we're swinging into codependency. Codependency. Because we cannot talk about addiction without talking about codependency. And I think a lot of people don't even understand what that means. You hear that, you hear that word thrown around codependency but you need to define it for our audience doctor because i think a lot of people are a little uncertain on what that means okay so defining codependency it's a psychological condition or a relationship in which a person is controlled or manipulated by another person who is affected with a psychological condition such as a mental illness or an addiction so they have a dependence on the needs of others to control another okay so the codependency is somebody who gets involved with or is in friendship or whatever, romantic, whatever it can mm -hmm. be, with somebody who's got something already going on. Yes, they have something already <laughs> going on. They have some needs. Right? They need help. They need help. They may be super insecure. They may, they may have a drug addiction going on. They may have something going on. And so as a result of it, it's almost like a magnet, isn't it, yes, doctor? Yes, it is. It's a magnet, and I've seen it in for years in people that I've talked to and counseled as a pastor, but they it's just like they, they're drawn to that person. And we're going to really break this down because I, I did give a to. very technical, clinical kind of definition. Okay. So when we talk about codependency, really simple and short, it's a relationship addiction. Okay, I like that. It's easy to remember. Relationship really addiction. Okay. So because... People with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided. A person who has a lot of needs, I, if I'm codependent, this is a one-sided. It's me giving this person their ah, needs all the that's time. That's how come Why? it's one-sided. Because okay. they need me, yeah, they which need makes me. me feel better about me because now I'm needed. Now, see, I would have defined that as two-sided because that you're getting that. But when you really reward. look at it, it's really, you do. That is a part of the payoff. Okay. But it's really one-sided because the other person isn't investing. The only ah. investment is that they have needs okay. constantly. But they, generally speaking, are not reciprocating for the other person as exactly. far as attention or time spent or right. money or whatever. Absolutely. So when we're talking about codependency... And addiction, and the codependency is an addiction, so it feeds an addiction cycle. So okay. if I have someone who has a lot of needs, and I need to meet your needs. Right. Yeah. Everybody's we're happy. We're feeding each other <laughs> in a very negative, unhealthy way. I was going to say, everybody is not happy, even though I said they were happy. They're really They're not, not happy. So a lot of people in addictions link up with someone who's codependent. Yeah, absolutely. Because yes. each of their needs is feeding off of each other. Okay. And get, does this just uh, refer to, uh, does it just refer to like a romantic thing or not? You know, we're going to deal with this right after All the right. break. All right, let's hear this song. Oh, that's.
Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. This is the Talk Radio Network. With Dr. Angel Falzoni here, I am Mama Mac, and we are talking about addiction. We're in a two-part, well, it's going to be more like a four-part series probably, all about addiction, and we have covered a lot of important things so far. If you missed last week's show, you can go to the podcast right here on Tantalk1340.com. Hit the button for podcasts, go down to this, the name of this show, which is Go Yard, and you will find last week's show, and you can listen to it and get caught up. And uh, so, also, we have a website that we put all of our shows on at the end of each month, and that is goyard2014.org. And so uh, you can catch shows that way also. And we have all kinds of topics, don't we, Doctor? We Things, sure do. You know, just all kinds of things through the through the year and a half plus that we've been on the air. We sure do. A lot of good stuff. And yeah. you know what? You might not be going through something when we address it. But you know what? Life is always changing, and, right. and you may. So go back and reference it. You have a lot of really good tools there to use. Absolutely. And if you want to call in right now during the show, we are live in Tampa Bay right now. That's Thursday evening. That number is 727-441-3000. Or you can text us anytime, 24-7-365, at 727-888-4171. Feel free to text your questions or comments. And uh, we love to hear from audience members. Sometimes people call in, sometimes they don't. And uh, we're, you're just welcome to do that if you like to. We are talking about relationship dependence, codependence, yes, aren't we? we? Are. In this discussion of addiction. And you've said that relationship addiction is also an addiction. It is an addiction. <laughs> so it goes in our All About Addiction series. There you go. And so before the break, you had asked me what types of relationships could we see codependency in? Right. Oh, the answer is any relationship so it could be a Any? spouse a boyfriend a girlfriend a parent a child a sibling a friend any type of relationship can have codependency in it wow okay and that is because there's a lot of us that have a need to help somebody else to such an extent that we can become overly helpful Mm-hmm. and overly involved mm-hmm. and overly dependent on the latest fix of the mess they're in today that's <laughs> you wrap that up very well <laughs> right true 
Absolutely true. Because a lot of people if that are codependent, it's been my experience through the years, that if they're codependent, they love to hear the latest thing that, that he did to her or when he said this or that or that she did, to, you know, whatever. It, it's it's like they have to hear that. They got to know what's going on. Well, you know, when it can really sometimes be hard to identify if this relationship has some codependency because it starts with altruistic kind of motive. You know, I'm That's helping. a big word, altruistic. Do you want to explain that? Positive motive. All I'm right. helping somebody. Right. Okay. Starts you know, out with a good motive. How can it be wrong to help somebody? Right. You're telling me this is wrong? Right. But we're going to talk about how it's dysfunctional. Okay. Because it is a dysfunctional relationship cycle. Right. It really is. So what happens is one member may suffer from fear, anger, pain, shame, and the other member is ignoring those feelings that the other person's having because we don't want to upset this person because then they might not need us anymore ah oh so when there's things going on we are not going to confront any kind of negative or possibly uh, feelings that could cause a conflict in this relationship okay this can apply to a teenager young a person mm -hmm. whatever who is drinking too much mm -hmm. using drugs getting into trouble staying out late getting F's in school, on and on and on, because we don't want a conflict. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to address it. We're this. not going to address it, which makes us extremely codependent. It does, because if we're not addressing something, then it doesn't give the other person an opportunity to change. And part of that codependency is I really need this person to be sick, so they need me. Okay. And see, that makes the person who needs that person to be bad let's see so and the person who's stuck in an addiction who wants to hide they get right. to do that because it's not going to be addressed it's the white elephant in the room nobody yes, wants to talk about yes, it yes it will not be addressed because that that person needs that they do they need to be to needed so that's what feeds the cycle and it gets right. kind of confusing explaining it actually. it does doesn't it <laughs> it really does and so the the person that's stuck in the addiction um, the codependent person is going to rescue them from rescue, those consequences. Rescue. And how about denial? Does denial, denial work? Denial is a big one in there. It is. So there's a rescuing, there's this denying there's a problem, it's a white elephant, so we're not even going to acknowledge there's a problem. Right. So they may be lying, they may be manipulating, they may be false promises, but we're just pretending that's not happening. Although the person that's the codependent is feeling the hurt from that. Well, I was going to say it does affect the it codependent does. person because then they feel used. They mm -hmm. feel, um, yeah, they, you know. They do. They take on those feelings, but we're not going to confront it. So, Because we really don't want it to go away, the whole situation. Well, we need them to need us. We need them to need us. Okay, so if we need them to need us, we're not going to make a lot of waves, and no. we're not going to send them off to rehab. No, we're not. We are not. <laughs> so, And we are not you and me, because you and I have had situations like this in our lives, and we have not been that codependent person. Not at all. I'm not saying I've never been codependent, because I believe I have. I think a lot of life. people have at certain stages. I, I admit that, that I have. But I've grown and learned from it and realized the consequences and how self-destructive it is. It is very self-destructive for both people involved. That's right. why this is such a dysfunctional relationship cycle. Define dysfunctional for some of our people. Unhealthy. 
unhealthy. Extremely unhealthy. Yeah, destructive, that's an easier word. Yeah. Destructive. Okay. You know, members in this relationship cycle, we're not talking about, we're not confronting the individual who is self-destructive or even abusive. This this cycle works for domestic violence. Right. Oh, absolutely. So this it's is not what it just, is with domestic it's violence. It's not just... Um, given to the an addict it can be somebody who's abusive verbally physically emotionally and we're keeping the cycle going and the parent back to that point again the parent who says i don't want anybody to know that my kid's doing this bad and using drugs and doing getting f's and all that stuff it's actually a codependent thing for them tremendously to hide all that Mm -hmm. Now, they carry all this grief and hassle and problem, and you would think they would want to ditch that. So you know what they do with it? What do they do with it? They're going to stuff it. So they learn uh, to repress well, I just their walked emotions. into that you point totally of yours, walked into it. <laughs> this is not prescripted, <laughs> so we just never know how it's going to go. But I did just walk into that. That's a good answer. So they stuff it. They stuff it, and they're going to disregard their own needs. And I know I've told you this before, but I got to go back to it. Years ago, when I was a young realtor, not young, but a realtor in the beginning years of doing real estate, I went to list a house, and this old couple were like in their 90s, okay, showing me around their house. Do you remember this story? I do. And so we got into the kitchen, and I'm just commenting on their house and how cute everything was. And then I saw this plaque right above the kitchen sink, and it said, He who stuffeth, puffeth. (laughs) and I kind of chuckled about that and I said explain that to me and she says oh we used to have these awful problems in our marriage because we would not talk about the things were making us mad and she goes we've been married 70 years because we learned that if we stuff it we eventually puff up and blow up and blow and yes so address that would you so when we're in this codependent relationship and we're having these negative feelings because this person is disappointing us. This person is, you know, stuck in these negative things going on. We're disregarding our own feelings. We're stuffing them. We're not acknowledging our own needs. That cannot be good for us. That's unhealthy. <laughs> we are going to puff. We yes. are gonna, and what we're doing is we're internalizing it. So yeah. a lot of people in, that are codependents have a lot of stress-related physical disorders. They do. Because they're, they've repressed and stuff. They have pain that is recurrent. They have one problem after another. They're going to the doctor. Doctor, they're getting medications and you know they say it's because I'm under so much stress but they're under so much stress because they have to keep this unhealthy cycle going and they have to keep it going because if people found out about what was really going on in their home for instance or people found out what was really going on in this relationship they would go why are you doing that why are you sticking with that right so a lot of times what they're doing is they're keeping a lot of it a secret so they can keep it going because they're addicted to the need of this relationship. That's it right there. So what happens is they kind of the codependent people kind of take on this. I'm a survivor now mentality. So uh-huh. they develop um, behaviors that help them continue to deny, ignore right. or avoid difficult. So they kind of start seeing themselves as I'm just surviving this, right. which kind of puts them in the victim mentality. Yeah, so they see themselves victim. as a victim. Yep. That's a victim mentality. So here's what they're going to start doing. After a period of time, they're going to start sacrificing all their own needs. So first we just start disregarding that we have a need. Now they'll sacrifice their need. For the sake of meeting this other person's needs. For the sake of meeting that other person's needs. So it may not be a good thing, but I'm going to do it anyway because they need me. Exactly. And, you know, 
the person that's in this addiction cycle or behavioral cycle, when they have a need, this codependent feels that need to have some need it right now in the moment when they have it. So I've seen people with yes, codependency yes, where they've had too. work obligations or things that they need to do and totally drop it to go meet this other person's need. And then they don't understand why they're getting in trouble at work. Right. Or using money that they needed to pay their mortgage or their rent with. And they're bailing, bailing somebody, somebody out. out. And now they're getting eviction notices. I just heard a story a couple of days ago about a person who did not tell her husband, went and cashed in her whole life insurance policy, gave her daughter $30,000 to put on so that she could get the loan for her house. Didn't tell her husband. But now she's got that daughter in her corner, you know. She's really fulfilling. She's mm -hmm. got that thing going right there. And it, when the husband finds out, it's not going to be good. No. But she's gained approval from the codependence there that she has with the daughter. And so exactly. that's a real life experience I heard about this week. And that's a really good example of what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about because we're sacrificing. We're taking we're actually kind of taking risks in that oh, relationship that's a huge addiction. Risk. Yeah. Because we're doing things that are, could risk our finances, or could risk our jobs, could risk relationships with other people. Right. Um, oftentimes, the codependent person will place um, this, per this other person's happiness, health, welfare, safety over their own. Oh, always. I, I've seen own. that over and over again through the years. Yes. So they just totally, after a while, just totally deny any needs, desires. Their sense of self is gone. Right. You, when you talk to somebody in a, that has truly been in a codependent relationship for a period of time, they can't even tell you who they are, what they like. You can ask them questions like your favorite color. They may, they may not have one after yeah. a while. They just start losing who they are because who they are has become all wrapped up in getting that other this person. person's needs met. So they really lose that self uh awareness that mm -hmm. self identity in a lot of ways because they've wrapped all that up in that other person making them happy and always whatever whatever you want dear you know mm -hmm. whatever you know yeah and they will drop other things to make sure that they're taking care of that so and it it's caused, hurting other relationships i was gonna say it causes problems in families i've seen this through the years i'm sure you have too when the the let's say the wife and mother has this kid who's really a trouble and needs help, but she protects all the time and covers it up and covers it up to the neglect of the other children, to the neglect of grandchildren, the spouse, whatever. It's very detrimental. This stuff is very serious stuff we're talking about here tonight. It is, and this is pretty common. I see it a lot of people at some degree in this codependency cycle. I do too. Um, so, what are some of the behaviors we look, you know, that we'll see with codependency? One is low self-esteem. Once I start losing my sense of self, obviously I don't have a sense of self. My belief in myself is right. gone. Right. So low self-esteem. So I'm, now I'm constantly looking for things outside of me to make me feel happier, to make me feel better right so they will even invite situations or how can mom help you today or whatever the case may be exactly because you know I mean? how do i feel better when i'm helping people so that's a lot right. of times codependents will have several people that they need to start helping right we kind of call them crisis junkies oh i like that i'm gonna write that because now. really they're looking for one crisis to another they are seeking a crisis to help in right because that's where they find their sense of identity. Yeah. That's who I am. I, I have worth when I am in solving these, problems and these crises. Yeah. Um, 
Some codependents will use substances or addictive things themselves to help them cope with this loss of sense of self right. or identity. Some will go to the relationship thing and find other people in problems. Some will start using substances themselves. So do a lot of codependents have more than one person they're codependent with? Yeah, there, there is that cycle out there. Usually they have a primary that's first and foremost, and then they have a lot of secondaries. Wow. Wow. We will see that. And a lot of time they have high levels of anxiety, high levels of depression. Yes, yes. Um, over time, this just kind of starts wearing on their mental health because they are in destructive relationship cycles. Yes. Um, and here's the deal. Most of the time they have really good intentions and they start with good intentions. Right. So taking care of someone that is experiencing a difficulty. But here's the deal. When the caretaking becomes compulsive and defeating you have a problem yeah compulsive and defeating when you're sacrificing your own mm -hmm. responsibilities or other things to do this you have a problem right. that's yeah. a flag yeah that's a red flag and the defeating it's getting you down because a lot of times the very person you're codependent with and you're trying so hard to help is doing so much self-destructive behavior that you're not helping much anymore no do you know what i'm saying no, Does that you're theory, not helping much. That you're theory not makes helping. sense to you, doctor? And a lot of times the codependents really don't, won't admit to this, but they're not really wanting that person to totally get better and get on their own feet because right. then they won't need them anymore. Right. So it's limited kind of help that happens too. You yes. keep them just dependent on them enough right. to okay. need them. Um, they take the martyr role. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. the, once I start hearing the martyr role in counseling, usually it's the biggest flag. I have a codependent sitting in front of me. Everybody's bad to me. Everybody's, you know, they're all expecting this from me. I can't do my own things. That's the martyr. Yeah. And the martyr is usually you're in a codependent relationship. One, two, three, I don't know, but you're, you're in that cycle. Yes. Um, then we have the rescuing behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the rescuing just means that we keep somebody from facing the consequence of their own actions. And it's totally bad for the person that you are rescuing. Absolutely. Because people will only change if circumstances bring them to that need to change, well, right? Well, you know, I've said it many times on many shows, pain brings change. So pain when, brings change. I'm going to write it down again. When we interfere with the pain we stop the change that's right and we do it a lot of times or these people do it by good intentions as you said mm -hmm. starts out that way but it becomes it's feeding that need that's what i'm hearing you say mm -hmm. feeding that need to be the rescuer to be the savior to be the one who pulls that person out from the brink of the cliff again and again mm -hmm. and again and again because then i have value and right. I have a self sense of, of worth all of a sudden right. when I'm doing these things. So I want to do these and I look for people I, I can take that role with. You know, this is an extremely important and serious topic. Yes, ma'am. I mean, as we're talking about it, <laughs> yes, ma'am, you're so <laughs> cute. Yes, ma'am, I do. No, it's just that, doctor, I, you know, mm, this affects most people. And, and a, a lot of times we just don't realize it because we have not been informed. We have not been taught. One of the books that helped me the most, and this was 30 years ago, I got a hold of. Thank goodness I got a hold of it, this concept at a young age. Co Codependent No More mm -hmm. by Melody. Um, 
Mm, her last name just skipped my mind. But Codependent No More, amazing book. And helped me tremendously to see the error of some of my ways with relationships. And, and you know, once you've been there and you've been codependent, you can see it, I think, better in others sometimes. Oh, yeah. You, you know? recognize it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, once you have lived it and experienced it. Right. And, you know, and it, even if, you know, the, the listeners out there are not in the codependent cycle, most people are in some kind of relationship, friendship with somebody who is. Right. And you can, by listening to the show, you can begin to say, oh, that's what's wrong with. And this is with. where you're feeling that disappointment yeah. and that frustration because they're constantly dropping plans because right. somebody else has this need or they're constantly, and it can be very frustrating. Exactly. And difficult to mm-hmm. manage, you know, relationships. So understanding what's happening and why it's happening, I think is important. Oh, it's extremely important. Okay. So this rescuing thing is a big part of it being huge. codependent. It is huge. So they're going to rescue. And here's why they're rescuing. First of all, when I rescue you, I am kind of uh, making you my reliance, your reliance on me increase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's increasing. So yeah. now you're going to you need, need me, me more. You need me. You need yeah. me more. Right. And um, so it's becoming more and more dependent and unhealthy right. as we rescue. And when right. we rescue someone from their own consequences, they can't change. They can't get better. They can't see what's going on. They're not feeling their pain. I'm feeling the pain. Right. So if, you know, my loved one is using drugs, has wiped out our bank account to go you know, get whatever it is that they're using and I'm going to rescue, I'm going to, you know, borrow money from here or rack up this credit card to, to take care of this debt. I'm the one who's having the pain. Right. Because now I got to figure out how to pay it all back off. And the one who's being rescued does not feel the pain. No pain. It's like they are having a high because they are able to manipulate. They're doing what they want and getting away with it. No pain, no, no problem. No pain, no change. And usually when I talk to people, and a lot of times it's parents, I find a lot of parents rescue. And I sit there and say, why would he or she do it different? Explain this to me. Why is your son or daughter going to do anything different? Right. They can stay home from school all right. day. Yeah. They can hang with their friends. They have a roof. They have nice clothes. They can do their drugs. Oh, and you're going to pay their bills, let them have their car, let pay for their cell. Why would they do it different? Where's the motivation? Right. And, it, and it's like I'm getting a blank stare back. They, they don't get that. But, you know, we can't emphasize that enough on this show because this is a problem across America, probably in other countries also, mm-hmm. that when parents, grandparents, relatives, lovers, whatever, friends, when they do these things, you're not helping, dear one. You are causing the problem to get more entrenched. Dig in. Be harder. Mm-hmm. It's it's really very, very, very um, bad for you to continue to do that, dear listener, if that's you. It <laughs> is. And so kind of taking it back and looking at, well, where's the logic in this? Yes, if we keep rescuing, there's no reason for them to do it different. Right. Yeah. They're not going to. And so we just keep, we're growing it and we're making the problem worse. Right. And then we're bigger martyrs. Well, what you feed grows, right? What you, you say it grows. all the time. I do say right? it. What we starve dies and it's a big principle. And so this codependency just grows and the addictions will grow. And, you know, before long, if we're, somebody's on chemical addiction, they could be risking their whole life right. at stake. Right. Um, and we're feeding that the whole process through. We've fed it. Right. uh, An addict needs a codependent. I was just talking to someone this afternoon on the phone, and they said this 
the mother of this person who is 26, um, college-educated, alcoholic, got into all kinds of trouble in college, all kinds of things, and was trying to become an air traffic controller, but you know, did some felonies. I mean, he got in some huge trouble. And the person I was talking to said, I was sitting here talking to the mother of this young man. And she said, my poor son, he just can never get a break. <laughs> and that is what I get all the time. <laughs> I mean, seriously, really? Your son can't get a break and he caused all this stuff and he has not taken the steps. He stays home. He's you know, his dad's a doctor. He can stay home in comfort, and he's got the whole basement. He, you know, he doesn't work. He's 26, and he's just waiting for his big break in life. Yes, and I hear that all the time. And so that <laughs> please comment on that. That whole codependency it stifles the other person from being able to grow, change, and and develop as a person. Right. We're stifling them. Right. We're hurting them. We're, We're hurting not helping them. them. It's not helping them whatsoever. We're not helping us. We're not helping us. It's a destructive cycle. Right. All the way through. So the codependent develops a sense of reward and satisfaction from being needed. Right. So that's that self-esteem. My self-esteem is found in being needed. So they need to be needed. Their whole sense of identity is wrapped in this concept of being needed. Yes. And thus it feeds the codependency unhealthy relationship cycle. Wow. And it just keeps, keeps going. going. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It I really mean, does. Unless we call attention to it, not necessarily you and I, although that's why we're doing these shows. I mean, we've been doing these shows to, you know, educate and mm -hmm. to help people deal with life's problems. We call ourselves life coaches. Yes, we do. Okay, that's what it's all about. But unless we look at it and see the problem and then realize I'm either going to do something about it or I'm going to bury my head in the sand as an ostrich like I've always done and just hope it gets better. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. Right. Over and over again, expecting different results. It's not going to get better, dear happen. one, unless you take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and decide that, hey, this isn't healthy for the person I'm codependent with. Not at all. Let alone yourself. Not healthy for either person. Right. Or any person you're in a relationship with. Right. Because it affects everybody. Mm -hmm. It affects your husband if it's if it's a woman doing this with a son. It affects your other your parents, your relationships, your friendship, your jobs, it your other children. It affects everyone. Yeah, things suffer because I'm neglecting my responsibility and things I need to do for my life to take care of somebody who's not doing and taking care of his or her own responsibilities. Oh, this is some serious stuff. It really is. And this is a we, huge concept. You know, a lot of times we just goof around and have some really fun <laughs> shows. But you know what? This is serious stuff. I, my family has been affected by this. I was excited to do a series on addiction because our family has been affected, different people, different situations, which I don't need to go into, but it is very destructive, and we need to do the best we can, doctor, to educate our audience, and that's what we're doing. Absolutely. That's what it's about. You know, knowledge brings power. It does. And so once we can't change things, we don't acknowledge or know, and right. so this is bringing power to people. And I'm hoping that we can start looking at and looking at our relationship and seeing where we fall in this or who in our life might be a part of this. And we're feeling those frustrations from those relationships. Right. It's time to make some changes. It's time to become more aware 
of what's going on with your relationships. So one of those things to kind of look for on a flag is that people pleasing. People pleasing. People pleasers a lot of time are have codependent. We got a whole lot more to yes, talk about. We, we got to go on with this next week. Tell a friend about Go Yard. Tell a friend about the series we're in, all about addiction. And go to go uh, this radio station, Tantalk1340.com website. Go to podcast. Go to Go Yard, and you'll find last week and our dear engineer Pete, who's been very quiet in there tonight. Pete will get this show up probably tonight or tomorrow. Get it up tonight. All, All right. right. So tell a friend, call them and tell them. And just go to Tantalk1340.com, www.Tantalk1340.com. Go to podcast, go to Go Yard, and it'll be there. And Saturday, Saturday, and Sunday this coming weekend at 12 noon always, Eastern Time, we will be, this show will be found on StarcomRadioNetwork.com. And we have quite a listening audience across the United States, many cities and different countries. And it's a joy to do this show with you, Dr. Angel. And it's been really a good show and very enlightening, but also probably difficult for some people to hear. Absolutely. But pain brings important. change. Pain brings change. So tune in again with us next week please go to our website goyard2014.org and you can there's a lot of our shows right there on our website we make it very easy for you goyard2014.org and text us with your questions for our next q a show 727-888-4171 or email goyard2014 at gmail.com do i have it all done you did you did a good job how about that tonight i actually kept it all right okay hey thanks pete great engineer filling in for us tonight wonderful and this has been dr angel hi mama mac bringing you go yard see you next week good night Lisa,